over these 40 days, our focus is just to be supernaturally aligned, that we can, uh, you know, focus on the key elements that the Father is calling us uh, in areas to press through. I believe that we can accelerate our destiny. We can experience supernatural transformation if we will apply ourselves in a higher level. And, you know, it's not by works that we are saved. But let me tell you something. When you are filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, with His Holy Spirit, the Father's desire is to take us to new places that we will operate in new heights in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So that's our focus over these 40 days. Uh, We can do it uh, through times of fasting. Uh, We can do it uh, through times of setting ourselves aside. And even though we meet on a daily basis, Anyway, it is such uh, an important time in the history of our world that we need to get focused. Number one, for ministry, for our lives, but also with world events and things that is going on around us as we continually pray over um, the conclusions of what's taking place in the American election. There's a a lot going on here in the land of Israel that's vitally important as well. You know, we've we've had a lot more fighter jets ripping across the skies and doing uh, drills and stuff over this uh, last season since the elections. And uh, there's lots of bombings that's been carried out if it's in Syria, if it's dealing with the Iranian regime or uh, Hezbollah, Hamas. There's just a lot going on right now. There's a lot on the plate. And maybe we're going to see Israel going back to elections as well anytime soon. (laughs) We'll see what happens tomorrow on that regard. Anyway, just give a shout out to New Day. Thanks for joining with us. Uh, We've got Russell in the UK. Shalom, brother. Blessings to you. Thanks for joining with us. So, look, let's just get into prayer, and uh, we're going to just press into this word tonight. Uh, We talked the other day from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36 and 37, and we didn't really get very far into there because of the direction the Father took us in, but we are going to go back and visit uh, that portion of Scripture. We're also going to be sharing out of uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. So really quite excited about what's in front of us. I've called tonight One New Man. And, um, you know, obviously from the scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15. But I want to tell you something. What um, the, the doctrine of one new man needs to be challenged on how people see it, how we read this from a biblical perspective. Because we have... Um, we have issues with Christianity and how they're interpreting what the one new man means. And we're going to deal with a few of those issues today and also stand upon the rock. Why? Because we have what? A made-up mind. Hallelujah. We are standing strong upon the rock of Yeshua. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you for this time. We pray, Father, that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand. Father, we love you. We just pour out our love upon you. We thank you for sending your son, Yeshua, the Mashiach, the Messiah, to pay the price for us, to set us free, that you can uh, bring reconciliation uh, to mankind with you. And we rejoice that we are part of, of the kingdom of Yehovah. And we pray, Father, for supernatural aligning concerning the gospel, concerning the purposes of Yehovah, that we will not be deceived by uh, what religion wants to say and do, but we will be aligned by the Spirit and we will see victory in the Spirit. So we call on your name tonight. We ask, Father, that you minister to us that words that are spoken tonight will be words from heaven. And we give you permission, Father, to speak to us, to minister to us, to open our eyes so that we can see and we can understand your will and purpose for our lives so that we can make a difference to this generation. So we thank you, Father, that we've been born for such a time as this. We're not going to be put out or put off by temporal situations and difficulties or trials or or whatever may be before us. 
These things will pass because you have given us the ability to stand and you have given us a spirit that is an overcoming spirit and we choose to walk as overcomers. So we speak to the flesh. We say you get in line in Yeshua's name that we are going to be led by the spirit and everything we say and everything that we do. So we just commit this time to you and we worship you. I thank you, Father, for everyone that is tuning in, those who are on podcast, those who are on Facebook and YouTube, and those who will listen to this broadcast later. We just thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be together, the opportunity to connect and to uh, minister back unto you, Father, as we edify and build the body of Messiah in Yeshua's name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, where are we going to start? Let's let's start with Ephesians chapter 2. Um, and, you know, before I start, I just want to share a little bit of testimony. Um, you know, there might be some people who don't know uh, some of the foundations of my testimony. I was born, brought up in Scotland, and uh, my dad was a Baptist pastor. And I remember in the late 70s, uh, my dad had a, an encounter with God where he was trained in replacement theology that the church had replaced Israel and there was no place for Israel. And um, anyway, he, he didn't have a heart for Israel. But then all of a sudden, the father started to speak to him and open his eyes concerning Israel, giving him revelation. So I was brought up in a house or a family that cared about Israel and um, you know when I was uh, 17 18 years old uh, the father took me out of Scotland brought me down to England and London area and in that place my life was supernaturally transformed and one night I was working on the, the well I worked on the streets of London every night working with the homeless drug addicts and uh, those who had mental problems they were literally just thrown onto the streets. You know, it was a time when they were emptying mental hospitals or closing down mental hospitals and just putting people out. So it really was quite an awesome time of ministry, seeing deliverance and transformation. But at it, 18, 19 years old, my desire was to serve the purposes of Yahovah. I made a decision. I said, Father, I'm not going to uh, pursue... Uh, a wife or who I'm going to marry, but I'm going to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And I know at the right time you will provide uh, the the correct uh, uh, um, co-laborer with me for the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, one night the Holy Spirit came to me as I was lying in my bed and he said, get up, go to the south of Spain, go to a place called Mihaz. And when you go to a place called Mihaz, there'll be a fellowship, we'll be meeting in a restaurant, and when you go to that meeting in the restaurant, you're going to meet your wife. And I'm in London. <laughs> this is the south of Spain. Hallelujah. So I bought a ticket, went to the south of Spain. I followed everything that the Holy Spirit told me to do. I went to the place he told me to go. There was a sign on the door at the fellowship meeting in a restaurant. I get to that restaurant. I walk into that restaurant, and there's a group of people sitting in the corner and, you know, I could tell that they were not, you know, the just normal people in the restaurant just of the world. But, you know, there's a bit of praise the Lord, hallelujah, coming from the corner over there. So I went over and I said, hey, are you part of uh, the fellowship from down the road? And they're like, yeah, yeah, come and join us, come and join us. And, um, you know, I've come out here uh, to connect and to meet my wife. And let me tell you something, <clears throat> I'm looking at this group of people. And there's nobody my age, they're all older people. And I'm thinking, well, I know that the father hasn't called me uh, to uh, get married to somebody that's old. So I sat on the side where I could see where the door was for when my wife is going to walk into this restaurant. And about 15, 20 minutes later, we're just having conversation, connecting with the people. And then this young lady walks in to the restaurant and I heard clearly the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's your wife. And um, that was Haley walking in. She came in with her mom. She came over, joined the group. And we were the only two young people there in this group in the restaurant. And we got talking. And anyway, long and short, we just saw the father move in a mighty way. 
and uh, we connected and we have now been married 28 years but let me tell you something from that moment from that connection hearing the word of Yahovah it wasn't plain sailing it wasn't like oh this is just so supernatural you know you're my wife you know let's let's go to Las Vegas and get married tomorrow no <laughs> there was a whole process that took place there was connecting there was uh, identifying with each other and then there was the battles and the warfare because here's my wife she's Jewish and our parents are like you know wait a second you know you come you live by faith <laughs> you walk in the spirit you know what what income do you have you know you didn't show up outside our house you know driving a, a Porsche or uh, with uh, financial stability in the world's eyes I was a long-haired uh, musician, drummer, and evangelist, and just was passionate about preaching the gospel of Yehovah. And all of a sudden, there was turmoil. Why? Because no one within Haley's family had ever married a non-Jew. So this was a big deal. And it was really quite interesting, even though Haley's parents had come to know Yeshua, and there was change happening within uh, the family this was a big deal, you know? <laughs> so anyway, what we did is we just pressed in and prayed together. And there was huge warfare events. There was uh, huge opposition against our union, against coming together. But through it all, through uh, the months that, and, and the assignments and the attacks and whatever took place, I just committed it to the Father. I said, Father, I'm going to walk in your ways. I trust you. I know that you can make a way. And then the, the girl who uh, was instrumental in bringing my wife to Yeshua uh, in Cornwall, she lived in South Africa. She sent a tape from South Africa, a cassette recording to Haley in Spain. And uh, Haley played the tape, and it was the tape of a Jew marrying a non-Jew and just the testimony of them coming together. And it was uh, the testimony of Jonathan uh, Seattle, uh, who is a singer and, and a minister from Florida, a Jewish guy, and he shared his testimony. Well, anyway, Haley uh, and uh, her mom and dad sat down and listened to this uh, cassette. And by the time it got to the end of this testimony, Haley's parents were just like in a place of repenting uh, before God saying, you know, Father, if you want Kenny to marry Haley, you know, this is just a sign that this is right and we are, we're, we're just going to allow you to move within our lives. It was a powerful moment. I was back in Scotland at the time when all this was happening and it was just supernatural what the Father was doing and how he was bringing Haley and I together. And, you know, the Father prophetically gave us this commission. You will be ministers of reconciliation. Hallelujah. You will bring reconciliation between Yehovah and man. Hallelujah. So that's been our uh, mission. It's been our focus. It's been our testimony. We have uh, stayed true to that calling and that mission. We have not slowed down with what the Father has called us to do. Um, it's been 28 years of just uh, incredible signs and wonders and miracles, persecutions, attacks, uh, challenges, all mixed together. But, you know, through all of it, his name is glorified. And what are these tests for? What are these challenges for? These tests and challenges are to demonstrate the glory of Yehovah. It's an opportunity where we can bring the kingdom of Yehovah. So don't be afraid of the tests and the trials. Don't be afraid of uh, uh, attacks against your character, um, you know, against uh, your uh, uh, lives, because we are not called to be of reputation. We are called to be of Messiah. And what does the devil want to do? He wants to discredit you, not because he cares about you or anybody else. He, he is trying to get to Yehovah through your life because you are redeemed. You are blood washed. You are bought with the price of the blood of Yeshua. Hallelujah. So you are sanctified in him. So the enemy is attacking you for the purpose of coming against the kingdom of Yehovah. 
but we are ambassadors of the kingdom, ambassadors of the king. So we carry all of the weight and the authority of the kingdom in every every place that we go. We are carrying the fragrance and knowledge of the Messiah. So we do not need to be in fear. We can stand strong in the promises and purpose of Yehovah with the authority that he has given us. We will not be moved. We will stand upon the rock and we will proclaim the gospel to this generation. So don't be embarrassed about things that you're going through when when it looks like you're being reduced, when it looks like attacks, there is no way. Why? Because we have a God who says this. I'm a God who makes a way where there is no way. So to get to the place of no way forward, that's okay. That's just an opportunity for Yehovah to continually to uh, to continue to move within our lives. You know, so we can praise Yehovah in the place of difficulty. We can praise him uh, when all hell is let loose against him. It doesn't matter how hot the fire gets. Nebuchadnezzar, you can fling us into the fire. We are not going to bow down to foreign gods. It doesn't matter if we lose our life because the testimony of our stand, even in our death, will bring glory to Yehovah. But I believe that even in the midst of this fiery furnace, my God is able and I can go through this. I can go through this challenge and I can stand in the midst of the flames of whatever is coming and proclaim the victory in Messiah. Why? There's a fourth man in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Who is the fourth man? It's the Messiah. And the men who threw them in, they were burnt and they died because of the heat of the furnace. But there was Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and they didn't even smell, have the smell of smoke on their garments when they came out. It's miraculous. We serve a mighty God. We are called to bring the kingdom. So we're not moved by what's happening in this realm, in this pandemic, or, you know, the way that the the governments are operating, uh, this one world uh, order system that is seeking to uh, come in. Is it going to come in at this time? Is it not going to come in at this time? Listen, you know, I, I believe that many people are misplaced prophetically with the hour in which we're living because we don't understand uh, some of the key fundamentals that we're going to talk about tonight. And that is the gospel of the kingdom. It is not about modern day Zionism. It's not just about Jews returning back to the land. It's about the return of the whole house of Israel. We do not have uh, a holy uh, assembly in the land of Israel through the state of Israel. We don't have uh, revival in Torah. You know, the gospel and what we read within the scripture is not a book of religion. It's a book of relationship and establishing the kingdom and the authority of Yehovah on this earth. So it's not a book of religion. I, I've said for years, I am, not decades, I'm done with religion. I am into relationship with Yehovah. I'm not going to be looking at how I align myself with Judaism, Orthodox Judaism, or any form of Judaism. Why? Because Judaism is a false religion. It denies Messiah. So I cannot listen to anything that modern day Judaism has to say. I'm not going to go to uh, the sages, which is another word for the rabbis, to inquire on the interpretation of Scripture. Why? Because I have the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, who will lead and guide me into truth. I'm not going to spend all of my time uh, trying to um, learn from those channels. Why? Because Yeshua said, don't. He said, they are blind, leading the blind. And if you are being led by them, you will be led into the same ditch that they are heading into. And why is it many people who are coming back to Torah, they end up getting to the place where they move into legalism, they move into a place where they deny the Messiah, and they end up moving into Judaism. How could that happen? How does that happen? Because 
They are inquiring of religion, not of relationship. They're caught up between uh, two religious uh, systems, the religion of Christianity and the religion of Judaism. But what are we seeking to do? We're seeking to be aligned with the gospel that Yeshua taught, which is the gospel of the kingdom. This is not what modern-day churches are teaching They are not teaching, well, the majority of them are not teaching the gospel of the kingdom. The the word ecclesia, the assembly, goes back to Mount Sinai. And, you know, you can also uh, see how um, uh, the word ecclesia was established within the the Roman um, Empire uh, when they took over uh, Greece and, uh, you know, with... With, with with the the systems that they put in, um, you know, and their rule systems, it was more uh, an ecclesia type of system um, that they were establishing. So this church system that we see within the Marcionic writings from Matthew to Revelation is a misleading model that's been applied to our scriptures to take us away to the wrong channel so that we miss what the Messiah came to deliver and came to do. So what did Yeshua come to do? He came to establish the kingdom. He said, the kingdom of Yehovah is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of Yehovah is at hand. So I want us to deal with, um, you know, some things on uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and then we're going to read in Ezekiel chapter 37. So let's just go to... Uh, verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 2. Therefore remember that formerly you who are of the nations or Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at that time you were separated from Messiah, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise and without hope. You're foreigners and without Elohim in the world. But now in Messiah Yeshua, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Messiah. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of enmity or hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to Elohim through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with Elohim's people and members of Elohim's household, hallelujah, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Messiah Yeshua himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in Yehovah. And in him, you two, are being built together to become a dwelling in which Elohim lives by his Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yeshua. I wanted to read the whole section as we see the uniting of the body of Messiah. The purpose of the uniting of the body of Messiah is that we will be what? Living stones will be joined together that we will become the holy temple of Yehovah because all of these things that we see manifest on the earth 
you know, these are just foreshadows of what is in the heavenly realm. But the Father's desire always from the beginning is that we would be the temple of Yahovah, that we wouldn't have to go to a place of his dwelling. Why? Because he dwells within us. Everywhere you go, you're taking Yahovah with you. You know, so when people call me up and say, you know, I, I, I want to send you a prayer. Could you please print it out and take it to the wall to pray? I'm like, that's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. What are you talking about? You know, where is Yahovah? Where does he dwell? He is dwelling in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to get someone to print out and go put something in the, the wall in uh, Jerusalem so that your prayers can be heard. You know, we can come together in agreement and stand upon the promises of Yahovah right here, right now. We're not in religion. We're in relationship. We identify with who he is. And one of the, the problems we have in modern-day Christianity today is this whole thing of the, the Jews and the Gentiles coming together in Messiah, and that's their interpretation of this portion of Scripture. But that's not what this Scripture is talking about. You <laughs> who are Gentiles, you're uncircumcised, you know, who is this talk, talking about? You're separated from Messiah. You're excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners. This is kingdom talk. This is all talking about the kingdom. That's what we're seeing. You without hope. You don't have hope. Why? You're separated from Yehovah. What caused that separation? What is this enmity uh, that is between these two um two uh, men, uh, one new man. Who, who is these two men that it's talking about? Is it the Jews and Gentiles coming together in Messiah? Is that what it is all about? You know, for the past 30, 40 years, every time I see them lift up uh, the two breads of challah um, in the assembly to pray, and they pray and they thank the Father that he is bringing Jews and Gentiles together, and this is what it represents. I've always had a problem with that because what does, you know, modern day Christianity and its, um, you know, tens of thousands of denominations got to do with the uniting with the Jews? You know, with, with the two coming together as one, Jews and Messiah and all of Christendom coming together as one, that sounds like a recipe of cancer. It doesn't sound like a recipe of unity and peace. And this passage is talking about the unity of the body of Messiah, dealing with the hostility. Yes, we are called to make the Jew jealous. Yes, of course we are. But we have to understand that this is talking about citizenship in Israel, that you are no longer foreigners, that the Father is bringing in a people who are excluded a people who have no hope. They have no way of being included. And Yeshua brings the way to bring reconciliation between God and man. Hallelujah. So his message was the message of the kingdom. And it's important that when we look at uh, from Matthew to Revelation and we see an area in the scripture with uh, where it's talking about something, we, we've got to ask the question in this portion of Scripture, what is this portion of Scripture explaining from the Tanakh? Because this portion of Scripture is talking about Ezekiel chapter 37. So I want us to turn there and uh, we'll read that. And, you know, look, this is, this is talk that can even get a lot of the Messianic community getting mad and angry and all that type of stuff. You know, they don't like it when we talk about these portions of scriptures. But, you know, we're not speaking about two houses, Northern Kingdom, Southern Kingdom. We're talking about the uniting of the house of God. So why does this uniting need to take place? Because in Jeremiah chapter 3, we see clearly that the Northern Kingdom was divorced. And that's what we spoke about a couple of days ago, or three days ago. We talked about the divorce, the separation and from the land of Zebulun and Naphtali in the Galilee, the very place Yeshua came, because he said, I came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's why he came. 
And he prophetically, or he was fulfilling prophecy when he moved from Nazareth to the land of Zebulun and Naphtali to Capernaum. Capernaum. When he moved there, he was fulfilling prophecy. Why? It was the location where the northern kingdom was scattered and Yeshua came back to make a declaration that the kingdom of Yehovah is at hand and the Father was going to bring restoration to the kingdom. Hallelujah. It was going to be established again. Yeshua did not come to birth Christianity. Okay? The church was never born or what is called the church Yes, that was born, but that was not born out of Messiah. It might have had some of the signs of Messiah, but it's not the purposes and will of Yehovah. Yeshua never came to bring a new religion. Yeshua didn't come to bring restoration to the Pharisees and Sadducees. He told them, you must be born again of the Spirit. When Nicodemus came to him in uh, John chapter 3. What must I do? You know, what is this message? The message of the kingdom. You must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. You must be born of above. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's not about religion. That's not what it's about at all. It's about relationship, the establishment of the kingdom, the restoring of the kingdom. So the northern kingdom was divorced. We see in the book of Hosea, what a beautiful book of restored hope, transformation. Hallelujah. I shared the message on that uh, 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 a few weeks back. Uh, we shared that message. You can find it on YouTube on the book of Hosea. And, you know, what I love about the story of Hosea, you who are not a people will once again become the people of Yehovah. I am going to marry you, says God. I'm going to marry you again. When we know in the Torah, you can't marry again. Why? Because the northern kingdom was divorced and has gone out and had many lovers and many adulterous affairs. And that was a defiled relationship. You can't get remarried according to Torah. So what has to take place? There has to be a death that takes place. And the death that takes place is the Messiah coming to die. Why? Why does he have to die? Uh, you know, why can't a man die? Why, why, <laughs> why does the Messiah have to die? Because of this eternal covenant, this marriage covenant that the Father made or Yeshua made at Mount Sinai. Because it wasn't the Father who married Israel at Mount Sinai. It was Yeshua who married Israel at Mount Sinai. So he came to die and pay the price so that the penalty of the sin of the golden calf could be taken care of and also so that that Yeshua could remarry Israel. That's why we see from Matthew to Revelation, we see the bride of Messiah. We see the picture of the wedding. Sukkot is about the wedding feast of the Lord. And listen, stop looking to the sages of Judaism in the understanding of, of the feast, we have got to look to the Messiah because what did Yeshua say uh, when he was ministering to the disciples on the road to Emmaus? Um, he made it very clear that as he opened up the the Torah, the the Psalms, and the writings, he said, "This is all about me," and he showed them where he was in all the portions of the Scripture. So everything we read in the Tanakh is all about Yeshua. It's revealing. Why? He is the Word who became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Hallelujah. He's the Word that became flesh. So we see this pattern that's taking place within the Word, and we see what modern-day religion is seeking to do. Modern-day religion is taking us away from the foundation of the calling of establishing the kingdom here on earth, okay? Its desire is to get us locked in religion so that we are bound and we're missing the the call that the Father has over our lives and the purpose of the gospel of the kingdom. So how is the Father going to bring restoration to the northern kingdom so that, it, that he can remarry the whole house of Israel? And what is Judah's position today? 
I've seen many, many teachings on end times, especially about the days in which we're living right now, where they're saying that there has to be a union, a connection with Judaism. You know, I, I don't agree with Messianic Judaism. You cannot be Messianic in Messiah and follow Judaism because it's an affront to the kingdom of Yehovah. We are not called to follow religion. So when we come to faith in Messiah, what is happening? We're walking into the new covenant that we see in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. This is a new covenant I'm going to give to you. And it's to two parties, the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It is not to the Gentile nations. It is only to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And what we see in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, we see that this is exactly what Paul is teaching. He is teaching the gospel of the kingdom and the restoration of his purposes concerning the house of Israel. You know, you're not just getting saved and just, you know, oh, I've got salvation, I prayed the prayer, repented of my sins. No, you are grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel. You are part of Israel. Hallelujah. This is not replacement theology. This is not about the church replacing Israel. No, this is about becoming part of Israel. And even those who so journey amongst them, we see this template uh, that we discover in Exodus chapter 19, Exodus chapter 20. Who was it who married Yeshua at Mount Sinai when the Ten Commandments were given? Who married uh, Yehovah? Who was it? It was not just Israel, but it was also those who so journeyed with them and came with them. They were grafted in. This is where we get the grafting in from, from Mount Sinai, when we see the, 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 those of the nations who said, your God will be my God, just like Ruth said. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. So they were grafted in to the the house of Israel. They became citizens of the house of Israel. And the purpose of the marriage was to deliver us from the fall of man. This is at Mount Sinai. And if we didn't sin with the golden calf and we followed through with all the elements of the marriage, Yeshua would not have had to come because the main reason he had to come was to die so that he could remarry Israel and bring Israel back together and bring the restoration to mankind. Why? Because Yahovah so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So anyone that wants to come to Yeshua has to be grafted in to the house of Israel. Praise the name of Yeshua. So in Ezekiel chapter 37, it says in verse 15, The word of Yahovah came to me, Son of man, Take a stick of wood and write on it, Belonging to Judah and the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick of wood and write on it, Ephraim's stick, Belonging to Joseph and all the house of Israel associated with him. Join them together into one stick so that they will become one in your hands. Verse 18. Then your country, when your countrymen ask you, won't you tell us what you mean by this? Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in Ephraim's hand, and of the Israelite tribes associated with him, and join it to Judah's stick, making them a single stick of wood, and they will become one in my hand. Hold before their eyes the stick you have written on and say to them this is what the sovereign lord says i will take the israelites out of the nations where they have gone i will take the israelites out of the nations where they have gone those who have been scattered i will gather them from all around i will bring them back to their own land this is not just about gathering um, the southern kingdom and the jews Oh, look, we're gathering the Jews, get them back to the land, and the Messiah can come. No, that's not what it says. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone, 
I will gather them from all around. I will bring them back into their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. There will be one king over all of them, and they will never again be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols and vile images and with any of their offenses, for I will save them from all their sinful backsliding, and I will cleanse them. They will be my people, and I will be their Elohim, and I will be their God. And, you know, we turn over the page, or the previous page, in Ezekiel chapter 36, and in verse 24 of 36, it says, For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries, and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities, and from all your idols, I will give you a new heart. Hallelujah. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my instructions. Hallelujah. So what do we see? We see that there is an importance with this land mass. Yes, there is an importance that the Father is bringing his people back to the land. And yes, there'll be people coming back who are not yet saved. But this whole mentality, don't you don't need a witness to the Jews because when Yeshua comes back, he's going to reveal himself. They're all going to get saved. And we have people who are believers in Yeshua right now who are so sucked into the teachings of Judaism that they fail to recognize that the teachings of Judaism are anti Mashiach. They are against the Messiah. So their viewpoints, their delivery, their interpretation, and their prophecies are against the Messiah, Yeshua of Nazareth. Or they might say, oh, we're Messianic. You know, when I've got the anti-missionaries racing after me, screaming me down in the streets, you're Messianic! You're Messianic! And I'm shouting back at them. Aren't you Messianic? Don't you believe that the Messiah's coming? Aren't you Messianic? What are you talking about, you stupid? <laughs> you know, if they, you know, even if they haven't accepted Yeshua, if they believe that the Messiah is going to come, then they're Messianic. So, you know, it's quite fun trying to put that on them and saying, I just want to bring you back to what you should be thinking of. You should be Messianic. But it's not just about being ones who are looking forward for the coming of Messiah, for us the second coming. But we have got to understand the importance that to be Messianic, to be in him, we must be in Messiah. So if we are not in Messiah, we are not grafted in. We are separated from him. And as we see in Ezekiel chapter 37, we see the two nations. We see Joseph. We see Judah. <laughs> Ephraim, Judah. We see the two coming together as one. What is this all about? This is the teaching of the one new man. It is all about the kingdom. So everything we see in the scripture is about the establishment of the kingdom. You know, what is the first parable, <laughs> the first outline, the first teaching that Yeshua comes to bring? You know, you have got my law, you have my Torah, you have my Ten Commandments. <clears throat> <clears throat> the plan of Yeshua, when he came, is to, uh, you know, after he came out of the wilderness, uh, after uh, his mikvah, where the Spirit of the Lord comes and said, this is my son, uh, in whom I am well pleased. Okay, so that is what is delivered that we see in uh, Matthew chapter 3. And the voice from heaven, Matthew chapter 3 verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Hallelujah. And then what happens to Yeshua? He goes off into the place of temptation. He was led by the Spirit 
to be tempted by Hasatan. Why? Because we have got to pass the test of time. It's one thing to have a confession of faith. It's another thing to have a lifestyle of faith. And we are called to walk this faith out. Hallelujah. So what happens? He is ordained. Uh, the Father proclaims who he is. What, what's the very first thing that he does when he comes out? You know, he deals with Satan. He says, get away from me. I'm going to worship Yehovah and serve him only. So what, is, what does worship look like? It means laying your life down before the Father. You know, we've even got uh, uh, a skewed interpretation of what worship really is. Yes, I love to sing. I love to dance. I love to praise Yehovah. Maybe not so much to dance so much, but I love to play the drums and be in music. And, uh, you know, music is so important to proclaim the name of Yehovah. I want uh, wholesome words to be coming out. Uh, as I'm worshipping, uh, the, the song that just lay it all down, lay it all down at the feet of Yeshua, that's just one that just keeps, uh, I've, I've just been singing it over and over, I don't know, for a week or so. Um, <laughs> hallelujah. So we are grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. We are citizens of Israel. It's all about our citizenship. And look, you know, when we're dealing with things like elections and stuff like that, we're, we're talking about some people have the viewpoint, and maybe this is your viewpoint, and yeah, I just want to challenge us on our viewpoint. Um, you know, the world cosmos, the, the word for Yahweh so loved the cosmos, loved the world. He loved the, the world so much. He, he wa- wanted to bring change. He sent his son to bring change. We are called to be world changers history makers were not called to have the mentality come to yeshua and then our vision and our goal for the next whatever season is to get out here the rapture or you know just to be with jesus in heaven you know and this whole mindset of christianity has taken those who believe in yeshua totally off the path of what we are meant to be submerged in. We are meant to be bringing change to the cosmos, to the systems of this world. Not to say that we are separated. We are in the world. We are not of the world, but we are in it. And why did the Father leave us in the world? So that we can bring influence and we can bring change. So we don't need more people to become pastors and and launch churches and all that type of stuff what do we need we need believers to get actively involved within every element of society if it's in the political realm if it's in the economic realm uh, the sports realm media um, whatever area you know that functions within uh, the world system The Father is expecting us to walk into all of those places and bring the kingdom. We're called to bring the kingdom in that place. So when we see the manifestation of the kingdom of the children of Israel as they come out of Egypt, what's the Father saying? He's saying, I'm going to show you what it truly means to walk in my kingdom. You don't need another king. You don't need a king like the other nations. Oh, give us a king. You know, God was offended. You don't need a king. You've got me. I've got your back. I've got you covered. You're part of a kingdom. You're not just the kingdom in the natural realm. You are part of the kingdom of Yehovah, the establishment of his kingdom here on earth. Hallelujah. So we are here. We've been assigned for a purpose. So should we vote? Should we be actively involved within every aspect of society? The answer is absolutely yes, yes, yes. But if you're sold out to religion, you might be cocooned into a little corner where you think, I'm not part of this world. No, you're not part of this world, but get into this world and influence it. Why do we have so much evil? You know, where were the true believers when abortion was being put through the courts? Why were we not standing up and proclaiming the promises of Yehovah? Look at the LGB and all the rest of their little letters and 
stuff they want to add to the end of their list. Look at their system. What are they doing? They have a vision to bring change, to bring transformation to the world with their own ideas that the uh, that their nations and, and the world, not just their nations, because it might start up with one uh, 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 pride march in one country, and now you have pride marches all over the world. Why? Their goal is to change uh, the morality of the nations into their way of thinking. So here we are as believers in Yehovah. What is the Father's plan to bring change on this earth? Well, I'm just trying to get out of here. I'm just trying to survive, be blessed in Jesus, and just get out of here. No, that's not why we're here. We are here to bring the kingdom, to establish God's purposes on this earth. Hallelujah. So what we see here in Ezekiel chapter 37, we see the two becoming one for the purpose of a nation. And that's exactly what we see in the book of Ephesians. It's not just the message of salvation. You know, just say this prayer after me, now you're saved. That's not what we see. But what do we see? We see that there's a people who were excluded from citizenship. What caused the exclusion from citizenship? It's because they were divorced. That's what caused the exclusion. They could not be remarried. They could not be brought back in because they were divorced. So the Messiah had to die. So what happened when Yeshua died? What was the foundation of the the process of what happened when he died? When he died, he didn't just prepare the way for the northern kingdom Israel who were divorced. He also prepared the way for the southern kingdom because through death, the marriage covenant was broken. And God died so that he could remarry the whole house of Israel. That's why the new covenant is with the house of Israel and Judah. If Yeshua was just coming to die from the northern kingdom to reunite it with Judah into one house, then uh, we wouldn't need the two elements in the new covenant. But the reality is Yeshua came and died and there was a separation from Judah as well. Why? They rejected the Messiah. So what did Yeshua do? He broke their covenant. Well, he he cancelled their covenant because of death. So death broke the covenant. So now Judah is no longer God's chosen people. And this is why I get, uh, you know, I put my foot down. You know, we cannot just go... Uh, walking up to religious Jews or other Jews and say, hello, I'm your brother, I'm your cousin, you know, we we love you. Uh, you are God's chosen people. No, you are only God's chosen people if you accept Messiah. Your circumcision and your blood counts for nothing. What did Yeshua say to the Pharisees? Your father is Hasatan. Why? If you were of uh, my father, you would recognize me. Well, Abraham's our, my father. No, no, no. Abraham, he even heard the gospel and accepted and recognized me. But if you don't receive Yeshua as a Jew, you are not God's chosen people. Now, if you are not saved, I don't call you just the heathen and those of the world. I call you not yet saved. Those who are not yet saved, not yet believers hopefully soon to become believers. But we have to be grafted in to the root. Jew or Northern Kingdom or those of the nations all have to be grafted back in to the nets or to the root, which is Messiah. Hallelujah. So our our approach at how we look at modern-day Zionism, I cannot look at the timetable, the, uh, the template of the establishment of the state of Israel, which is established under the United Nations. It is totally ungodly. This nation is a secular nation. This nation struggles to keep um, a a right-wing approach or or a a more uh, conservative position concerning the scriptures or concerning uh, morality. (laughs) 
this nation is very left. It's very, you, you know, just watch on a Shabbat evening outside my house. You know, I think I've taped it a couple of times on my cell phone, taped it. Huh, shows you how old I am. Recorded on my cell phone. Uh, just the crowds, you know, uh, that are out here against Benjamin Netanyahu. You know, they want to see a change of the nation. They don't want uh, religious parties to be dictating how they live. They want to be able to function how they want to function. And we have a government right now that welcomes the homosexuals to this land, uh, that allows their practices within this land, where in Muslim countries it would never happen. But here in Israel, no, we're a democracy. We welcome everybody. Unless, of course, you follow Yeshua, then they'll tell you to your face that they recognize you, but then they'll work behind the scenes to do everything they can to pull you down and destroy you because they do not want Yeshua to be preached in this land. They don't want it, even though it's perfectly legal to preach to people over 18, but they will throw you in jail if you minister to a child. And that was one of the reasons why one of the Christian channels got taken off uh, just a few months back was, uh, or their argument was that the purpose of the channel is to, is, is to be there for outreach and children can flick onto the channel. And if they can flick on it, so they're not just using the channel for their own Christian experience, but they're using it to what uh, to proselyze the Jewish people to become Christians. Anyway, I hope you're getting what I'm saying here. It's, it's understanding what is taking place in Ephesians chapter 2. It's kingdom talk. It's about being citizens in Israel, not foreigners. Hallelujah. Not excluded from citizenship. We are grafted in. You're a fully-fledged citizen of Israel. Amen? Hallelujah. So we stand upon the rock and upon his promise. So what is this one new man? It's not, it's not uh, Messianic Jews and the church coming together as one. No, there's no separation. If you're in Messiah, you're in Messiah. It's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The two kingdoms of Israel coming together as one nation. That's what we should be preaching. That's what we should be proclaiming and declaring then we'll find that a lot of the things we do in churchianity will just get pushed to the side. It's not how we're called to live. It's not how we're called to function. But we are called to be those who are establishing the kingdom of Yahovah. So let's get involved within our society. Let's get involved uh, within every aspect of this world. But to be salt and light as we shared the other day, to bring the truth and the light to this generation. Hallelujah. So I wanted to share this on One New Man because it's important. It's about our alignment. Who are we in Messiah? What gives us confidence in the things that we do? What gives us confidence is knowing who we are, but also in our witness. What gives us confidence in our witness is knowing the true gospel of the kingdom and how we witness and share to this generation. So I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with the word today. We just want to get these things in the right place. I want you to rejoice in who you are in Messiah, that we are part of the kingdom of Yehovah, that it's time to deal with religion. It's time to get religion out of there. We're not meant to be wearing kippahs and run around with our prayer shawls and all that type of stuff. That is not what we are meant to be doing. You know, we are meant to be walking in the ways of Yehovah and following his ways. That's why I don't have anything to do with Torah portion readings, because it's coming out of Judaism. Yes, I study this, the Torah and the scriptures every single day, like we all should. But I'm not going to follow the cycles. Why? Because if I do, people who are listening and following uh, what we teach and what we do, they will go back and let me tell you something. They will not just stay listening to what believers have to say concerning the interpretation of Scripture. They will go back and they will start studying Jewish rabbis and sages of old uh, to identify what the Scriptures are talking about. And Yeshua says, don't do it. 
So what part of don't do it, don't we understand? I cannot see any evidence in the Gospels or in the book of Acts where the uh, where Yeshua or the disciples followed the Torah portions. Yes, we see in Acts 15 of those of the nations coming in. You know, what do we do? You know, what, what have they got to be circumcised to be saved? No, the circumcision group, that's what the whole book of Galatians is all about. You are saved by grace through faith. It's not because of your circumcision. Hallelujah. But, uh, you know, we've got to get to that place where we are not following the systems of this world. So that's why I don't do Torah portions. That's why I'm not following the rabbis. I'm not walking down that way. Listen, if someone is not a believer and proclaiming Yeshua, I am not following your teaching cycle. I'm not following it. And we should not be promoting those who don't believe in Yeshua to stand up in front of us to be teaching us because that's out of order. It's not acceptable. From what I discover from reading the scripture, I don't know about you, but you know, that's where I'm at in these things. So Father, we thank you that we are one new man in you. We thank you that you are bringing the whole house of Israel together. And we pray, Father, that we will see your kingdom established on the earth and help us to be people of influence over every aspect of society. We pray, Father, that through education, through commerce, through uh, entertainment, through sports, through whatever areas, Father, pol uh, politics, that you will use us to, to make a difference and to influence the world in which we live. This is our prayer, Father, that you will align us during these 40 days, that you will teach us and that you will set us on a path for victory, free of religion. Hallelujah. We ask all this in Messiah's name, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Praise the name of Yeshua. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with the message today. Just quite simple, just opening a few things up so that we can, uh, you know, use what I'm sharing as tools to evangelize and witness. I use these verses that I'm sharing when I'm ministering to religious Jews, Orthodox Jews, you know. And it's amazing because I tell them, you have no covenant. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, haven't you read the Bible? Moses said, there's one coming like me and you must listen to him. If you don't, you know, you will be completely cut off. So if you don't inquire of Yeshua and receive Yeshua, Moses speaks against you and you have no covenant. So, you know, it's quite interesting to go down that route um, on how we witness and how we evangelize. But this is this is foundational stuff that's very important because there's so many mixed messages out there. I don't really care about the roots of Christianity and their connections with Judaism because, you know, we're not called to follow religion. Yeshua didn't come to follow religion. He didn't come. You might think, well, you know, didn't he go up the temple? Didn't he do this? Didn't he speak in the synagogues? And the synagogues were community centers. It's like you go into the communi community area. Um, that's where Yeshua was meeting. Yes, they were involved in religious practices. But, you know, like I was saying, and uh, after Yeshua gets mikvahed in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 5, you know, what's the next portion of scripture? I'm just turning to it now. I told you I was closing and leaving, didn't you? You saw me walking out the door there, didn't you? And here I'm back again. Matthew chapter 5, what does it talk about? It talks about, now when he saw the crowd, he went uh, up on the mountainside, he sat down, he started to teach them. What did he teach them? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those, those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see Elohim. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they will be called sons of Elohim. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, 
Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets that came before you. <laughs> That's how they're going to persecute you. So what do we see? We see the importance in verse 3. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We see for those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then we talk about all of our blessings and everything we need is given in the heavenly realm. And then Yeshua goes on and he delivers the spirit of the law. He says, let, let, let me help you understand this. Murder, if you hate, you have committed murder. Lust, if you look at a woman, adultery, if you look at a woman in a, in a lustful way, you're committing adultery. It's not just about doing the act. And that's, that's what religion is all about, doing the act. No, relationship is all about understanding the spirit of the law. So we have the, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And Yeshua has come to give us the interpretation so we understand how we need to walk in his ways hallelujah so he didn't come to destroy the law of the prophets as it says but he came to bring it to its fullness of understanding hallelujah well praise the name of yeshua have a blessed day further and uh, remember to send uh, prayer requests kenny at bulldozerfaith.com and we will stand and intercede with you if you have any needs let us know and we will stand in the gap for you at this time. If you're blessed and encouraged with the ministry, you want to sow into the ministry, you can go to bulldozerfaith.com forward slash give. You can see the link as well at the top of this broadcast. Uh, you can just click on that link there. If you're watching by podcast, uh, just go to bulldozerfaith.com and you'll see a give tab. We appreciate everyone who supports the ministry and the work that we do. We are pressing through huge challenges here in the land, in the area of persecution and assignments against our position here as a ministry. And the Father has already told us that he has planted us here and we're not going anywhere. So we, we just ask you, keep praying for us uh, as we stand. Let me tell you, after last night, after what we shared yesterday in the broadcast there was such a freedom today in the spirit. We haven't seen the manifestation of everything that, that needs to take place of the favor of Yahovah. But let me tell you something. There's such a freedom in the spirit. And, you know, I know that the victory is coming. So stand with us. So into the work that we do here for establishing and proclaiming his kingdom here in the land of Israel and in the nations. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Until tomorrow, Yahovah bless. Hallelujah.